I weigh a lot more and I hold my weight around my middle is the constant battle with my own brain of confidence and making myself look a certain way and feel a certain way because of my job and people around us. I mean, it's constant, it's tiring, it's infuriating, it's upsetting. Like, I don't think people on the outside looking in would ever think I have these issues. Losing weight isn't easy, and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now, your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I am Carl, your host, and it's a pleasure to be with you again today. I'm joined by a special guest here from, I've been told, lives on the halfway point between South Shields and Newcastle of the Great North Run. Is that right, Michaela? That's correct. Michaela, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Brilliant. I'm glad to hear that. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to hear about your story, about your journey. I found your Instagram account quite recently, and I was really inspired by the fact that you've incorporated a lot of training. You're very much you know, into fitness and going to the gym. And I think it's so important long-term as part of a, a weight loss journey, but also for a healthy mindset. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself to get started? Well, I'm a cough cough, 38 years old. Um, don't say that. I'm cough cough. 40. Just, I kind of believe I'm that old, to be honest. Um, you don't look it. But yeah, I feel it some days. Um, but yeah, I'm 38 years old. Obviously, I'm from the northeast. I still live at home with my mum and dad. I'm a single woman with a dog. And I have my own business, which is actually 10 years old next week. So Congratulations. Decade worth of business, which is mobile beauty. So makeup, tan, massage, all sorts of beauty things. And... I have been on my proper journey, I would say, for about nine years, which is a long time, but realistically, probably the rest of my life. But that's okay. okay. I don't mind. I'm kind of, you know, I've opened up to the fact that it is a lifestyle change and that's what you've kind of got to embrace, that it is literally going to be the rest of your life, that you've made these changes and get get comfortable with it because that's that's life now I think that's absolutely fantastic to you know a great way to start because like you say it is a lifestyle change when you are beginning a journey to lose weight to become healthier to become fitter um you know to to improve your attitude and level of self-confidence it isn't something that you can just completely stop paying attention to because unfortunately you do end up reverting back to as you were before so it is really key to consistently think about that and look for ways to improve so that you don't just stand still or, or regress. So you say you've been on your journey probably for the last nine years and tell me a bit about before then. Now I know that you're same age as me. Well, actually I can't even say you're the same age as me because you're, you're two years younger than me and that'd be cruel to say that. Very important. <laughs> it, you know, but every month counts when you get to my age. Definitely. Um, so tell me about like growing up, how weight was a factor for you as a teenager, as a young adult? Not to say that you're not a young adult still, but as a younger adult. Um, so I'm the youngest of three. We all live together with my mum and dad. My older sister, who is the oldest out of the three of her, was an athlete, like very fit and healthy, 
Um, I mean, all three we did like dancing when we were younger, we did gymnastics, but she particularly excelled in the sport area, not me. Okay. Definitely not me. My brother was more like scientific, but still a little bit sporty, always being quite fit. But when I look back, I, I was still the biggest out of the siblings. Um, we didn't really have a lot of money, so my mum just had to make the best of my life, really. She couldn't really afford lean meats all of the time. I had to fill myself up on bread. And, like, I'm really appreciative of my mum. I don't think she did anything wrong. It was decent meals. It was, like, a proper dinner all of the time. I mean, my mum worked at the school. She's a, she's a school cook, and she always used to make the most of it. But she had to make the, the meals go further by putting, like, oats in mints can't tell it's not mince because it looks the same when it's in gravy. We never really had takeaways or anything like that. So it's looking back on, on my journey, it's it's basically about probably the quality of the food, which kind of relates to what's going on right now because people who don't really have a lot of money will go for the frozen frozen food because it's cheaper, lasts longer, it's got a longer expiry date, fill themselves on bread and rice and pasta. That's kind of it's not bad, but if you have too much of it, it's it's not really a well-balanced meal. So from that, I've just kind of always been the bigger person out of my family, out of my friendship group, even in my teens. I mean, I was probably a 14, 16 when I was like 17, 18, and I thought I was huge. And I was bigger than everybody else, and I probably did look bigger, but I wasn't huge. I got bullied terribly all of the time through school years, like not physical but verbal and I think sometimes that sticks with you a little bit longer yeah um I mean me me nickname at school was pudding so like all you would think about is a big fat round person and it's awful to think that but that's what I used to get called they used to say oh if you turn out like your sister I'll marry you and I'm thinking do you want to marry you but like I know my sister's beautiful but I'm my own person and it's just little things like that throughout your life that sticks with you Sure. To kind of have that comfort in food when, you know, it kind of it tastes lovely. It's, it makes you feel good inside when you've eaten something delicious. And it just, I think, just went on from there. Wasn't really physically active. Hated the thought of running. Like, I thought you should only run unless you were being chased. But, I mean, I've ran six Great North runs now, so obviously something's changed. Oh, wow. I mean, Mikhail, you've you've said so many important things here. I'm going to go right back for a moment just to to what you said about being brought up in a home where where money's not in abundance and how difficult it is especially now as well to buy fresh quality ingredients yeah. to have the perfect balanced diet. It's just not accessible to millions of people, not just in the UK but around the world. And you have to do what you can do with with what you have. And so I get it when so many people do turn to, like you said, the frozen foods, do turn to things more processed, things that are more carb heavy. Because at the end of the day, you need energy. You need to be able to get through the day. You need to be able to work. You need to be able to do things. And it's no good living off of salad because it's healthy if you're not giving yourself, your body, you know, what it needs. And also yeah. if you can't afford to go out and buy steak every day and stuff, which which nobody can, let's be honest. No, no. So it's trying to find that balance I think between both and you know if you're fortunate enough when you become an adult and you start working if you can afford to do that yourself you have that opportunity but I think for so many people as children like you said full respect to your mum who was working and 
putting dinner on the table for you and making sure you didn't go without throughout difficult times. And so you can never really look back and blame people for a situation. If anything, it's, you know, thank you for, for taking care of me. And I think as an adult, you become even more appreciative of of how hard it can be and how how difficult times are. I mean, it's give us kind of, I mean, mum's a really good cook and I'm a really good cook. I spent most of my time with me mum because I wasn't really sporty. I wasn't really like musically mm-hmm. like what my brother was and there wasn't really an area for us. So I just kind of hung around with my mum and me nana who are both amazing cooks. It's kind of shown me a little bit more kind of resilience and kind of I can manipulate a recipe. Mm-hmm. for the good so if I look at a recipe and think mm, that looks lovely and I think mm, how could I make it a little bit easier to kind of you know fit into me me meal plans and things like that and just tweak things slightly because obviously there's a, such a variety of things now mm-hmm. but it makes me a little bit more creative with me ingredients so I think what have I got in the fridge what can I make put these things together but like I say, my mum did did her best there's nothing wrong with what my mum did the food was absolutely delicious oh absolutely not but, you know, it's it's learning these kind of life lessons, I suppose, that it shouldn't really be happening now as well, which is quite sad that we're in this day and age and there's still people having to go to food banks and things like that and there's not this understanding from the top people mm-hmm. on actually how nutrition should be working of for course. everybody, not just for the people with the money. In the same way, I believe, with the education system that, children should be learning more about nutrition from a younger age definitely didn't happen yeah when I was at school um I was talking to somebody in fact Sarah's episode and she was saying in in her food technology class they were making pizzas with sweets on top it's not really teaching you nutrition or good habits but Michaela tell me a bit more I mean as you discovered that you wanted to change and, and obviously being bullied at school is absolutely the worst thing and you went you know became a young adult and made a decision at some point that you wanted to make a change and I know before we started recording the show you said you tried a couple of things um throughout that period so so what had you tried and what experience did you have in trying to lose weight I mean literally I've tried everything Atkins slim fast this special key diet every single diet you can imagine I've tried and I think it I'm not shaming any of them because obviously if you reduce one thing out your diet you're going to lose weight mm-hmm. but You've got to find something that works for you, consistent, and that's going to stick with you for life because as soon as you aren't on this diet, you're going to put the weight back on. So it's something that's going to be consistent through your life. Something that's convenient for you, easy to manipulate so you can still go out for a meal with your friends or celebrating special occasions. And then you're not just going to go, oh my God, I'm not on my diet this weekend. I'm just going to show everything in my mouth because... It's so bad for the inside of your body. Like you need to be able to feed your feed your body good things for it to kind of function as well. Like even simple fact of I don't drink pop anymore. Like I'll have a sugar free energy drink after I've trained, but I don't really drink pop because it's got no nutritional value. But I literally drink about five liters of water every day, mm-hmm. and I mean I go to the toilet a lot. But <laughs> I was gonna say it. <laughs> like. It's not necessarily just because I'm drinking water. It's because of medical stuff that I'm going through. But okay. I do think, like, you've got to find what works for you. And mm-hmm. it may solely be Slim and World. It may be Weight Watchers. It, it, it's something that makes you accountable and then rewrites your brain almost to kind of go, this is me life. 
I can have that treat or I can have that special food that I love, just not all of the time. Mm-hmm. That's so important, isn't it? Like there's only one thing that I, I really have is like a McDonald's every now and again when I'm on a night out. I really look forward to it, but it's the only thing that doesn't taste weird. Because, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't eat loads of takeaways anyway, but things you dream about, you think, oh, I'm going to eat this, like, lovely garlicky pizza. And then you eat and you think, I feel terrible. I feel disgusting. And it's not just the guilt of eating it, because it is a big thing. Like, when you look after yourself, you do feel a bit guilty thinking, well, what have I done that for? But I just, it just doesn't make us feel good on the inside, as in, like, I feel sick, bloated, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas... I'll go to my friends and we'll have a girly night and they'll all have a takeaway and I'll take my tea. And as soon as I've eaten it, that whole craving of wanting what everybody else has got is gone because I've already ate my food. I'm full. I'm satisfied. And actually looking around, everybody else is sluggish and tired and feels bloated and I feel absolutely fine. I think, well, that wasn't going to be worth it. And I'm now not going to feel terrible tomorrow and I'll just be able to carry on with whatever I'm doing. Whereas before, I maybe would have had an upset stomach and Mm -hmm. triggered other things that's medically wrong with us because I've had this pizza. And I just think, well, it's not worth it. You've got to make them choices for you because you just think it isn't worth it. Like spoiling me whole weekend or week because I've had a pizza. No, no, thank you. It's fine. And I discovered this probably coming up for a year ago now because when I decided to lose weight and become healthier nearly two years ago now I until then every time we go back to the UK because I'm based in Barcelona every time we go back to the UK to visit friends and family I would almost base my visit around which takeaways I would have you know and it's normal that we go out more because we meet people for lunches for dinners but I'd be like okay I need to have curry at least twice i need to go fish and chip shop i need to have pizza i need to do this i need to do this and all these things because it's different in the uk compared to spain and i was missing it and i realized that by the end of the trip not only was i never hungry but almost feeling like constantly full in an uncomfortable way and i'd gain weight and it got to this point last year and i was like you know what why do i do that Why, why is it so important to me to eat my way around my visit why Why do I need to have curry twice? Why do I need to have curry and a Chinese and fish and chips in this trip? Why don't I just pick one and enjoy it and then not feel like rubbish or tired or overweight? Because I always got back and I'd be like, yeah, happy that I had those things. But at the same time, yeah. unhappy that I'd done it to myself. Yeah. So the last time I went back over the summer, I, I completely changed it. And, you know, I was there nearly three weeks. So in that time, there was an opportunity to go for a curry. There was an opportunity to have fish and chips one night. There was an opportunity to have a Chinese, but it wasn't like, I wasn't obsessed with it. Yeah. And because of that, I felt like normal when I'm here back home. I didn't, I felt hungry. I ate normal meals. I still went to the gym and it just made such a difference. And so that change of like mindset switch into, okay, I, I could do this, but I don't need to. It sounds like that's what yeah. you went through yourself and you've benefited from so I mean, much. Like, don't get us wrong. Like, I still think you should be able to go out and, and have what you want, if that's what you want, and mm. kind of enjoy it as well. I mean, like, for instance, if I want fish and chips, I love making my own chips. I make the best chips ever. And I'll have fish from the chip shop, but I'll just take the batter off. And it's no different. Like, I don't have a gallbladder, so I've got to be careful that I don't have too fatty of a, of a food because I can't process it in my body. So then mm-hmm. that has ramifications of of having too much fatty foods 
it's just not very nice to kind of have to go through. So no, making not. them tweaks, I'm still included in having the treats, but they're better for me. Mm-hmm. Kind of because I've made the decision to take the batter off my fish or to have no gamey career, I'll go for like a, ch- a chicken tikka, like a sizzler plate. I'm still having those naughty foods without kind of the extra bits on. Of so just making them little tweaks to your meal. Like if I went out for an Italian's, I would have like garlic bread to start with potato skins. Now I'd maybe have like prawns or like a stuffed pepper. And it can still be delicious. You can still enjoy it just as much and make it about going out and the people you're with. Exactly. And like having veg instead of potatoes all of the time or having potatoes, but to also have veg and not have a dessert and just have like a slimline tonic instead of having a cider. Like mm-hmm. it's just tweaking those things so you can have some of what you like without having all the ramifications and guilt afterwards. And it is true. Like people will say like, don't be guilty about something but you do feel guilt because you've worked really hard and you don't want to let yourself down, never mind anybody else. True. And also from the outside, you're being told all these things like this is good, this is bad. And just now when you said about having naughty treats, so for anyone who's listening on the audio version of this, Michaela did it in air quotes because I don't think you really believe that there are good and bad foods. It's just mm-hmm. about moderation and balance and definitely really asking yourself what suits you and, and what is best for your body. So this journey you've been on for the last nine years Tell me about that. Apart from the fact, obviously, discovering the foods that work better with your body, um, you've lost weight, which is one part yeah. of that. And has it been, are you tracking how much weight you've lost? Did you have like an amount that you wanted to lose or has it been more focused on health? And that's just been a, like a, a result of focusing on your health. I'll probably say a bit of both because obviously you kind of have to healthy BMI and all that rubbish, even though might be muscles are like, me, me leg muscles are huge mm-hmm. like my arm muscles are like the only area that I'm really concerned about is me tummy which you know will take forever and ever and ever to get rid of but I want to be a size I don't want to be a weight and to me a healthy size is a size 14 to probably a 16 okay simply because mm-hmm. it's normal like I just want to be a normal person mm-hmm. and I think Most people, especially my age now, are around about a size 14. You can go into any shop. You can shop online, like most sportswear. Like anything like that is normally a size 14 to 16. I don't mind being curvy. I don't mind having a bust. My muscles are quite like. I don't don't think I would be in really skinny. I've never, ever been skinny. I'm quite broad-shouldered. Like I just don't think I need to be skinny. And I don't think skinny is a bad thing because some people are naturally slim and and lovely. But I just don't think I would suit it. I think I would look like I've got a big bobble head and like I would look ill. And I don't think that is healthy. Just want to be normal. I think exactly that. And normal to each person is always going to be different. And like you said yourself, I've had guests on the show who are a size 10, size 8, Because for them, for their frame, for how they feel comfortable, that is their healthiest and happiest weight. I've had people who are tall on the show, people who are shorter, and everyone's so different. And our genetics are so different from one person to the next. So it's very difficult to say even what is normal, because I don't think normal exists in one specific way. It's normal to everybody in your own individual way and how you feel happy. And so, like you said, BMI is a great example of that. Now, if you're training Mm -hmm. hard in the gym, if you're growing muscle, 
it's very difficult to have a normal BMI because it will take into account your weight as opposed to your body fat, which is obviously what you're looking to reduce as part of your training. So it's very subjective. And I think the best gauge that people can have is how you feel inside yourself, how how you feel about the way that you look and how you feel about the bigger picture of what you do on your journey isn't just about any one metric or any one thing or what anybody else looks like or does is about you. And it can be so difficult because there is so much pressure on the outside of people telling you to look and be a certain way. You get so much noise from social media saying that, you know, you should be like this, or this is an unhealthy way to be. And it's difficult to know what to listen to, but I genuinely believe the most important thing you can listen to is your own voice and how you feel inside. I mean, I work in the beauty industry and it's really hard because you're judged 24 seven and you have to look a certain way. You have to kind of project a certain confidence about yourself. I mean, don't get us wrong. I'm very confident in my job, around my friends. I probably seem really confident right now, but I'm really not. I've had to have loads of counselling. I'm working currently at the minute through like confidence, have to listen to like positive affirmations and all this sort of stuff. So like I've been diagnosed with body dysmorphia and that I think has something to do with your weight loss because it takes a long time for your brain to catch up with your body. I mean, I'm I'm five seven. I've lost seven stone. I'm in the lower part of the fourteen stone mark. I don't think I'd need to lose very much more, but I'm still classed as obese. I mean, I'm not clinically obese, which is a win. But I need to go in for an operation, and they said you need to be under a hundred kilos, and I'm. I was 93 the last time I put my weight in, but that was over the phone. And I just think, you don't know me, you don't know my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll say, oh, why don't you do 5K? Why don't you do this on the NHS website? And I'm thinking, you don't know. I've literally put in a train five to six times a week. And you've not taken that into consideration that actually probably healthier than somebody who is a size six who doesn't do any exercise at all. Of course. But because I weigh a lot more and I hold my weight around my middle, I look like this person that isn't healthy and I think especially the NHS need to kind of be looking into this to kind of stop giving people this mental health issue because that's what I've got from it Mm -hmm. is the constant battle with my own brain of confidence and making myself look a certain way and feel a certain way because of my job and people around us I mean it's constant it's tiring it's infuriating it's upsetting like don't think people on the outside looking in who knows but not knows really really well would ever think I have these issues mm-hmm. and people who do not know us at all maybe would look at us who don't know my journey and think oh well she needs to go on a diet still because she's still a bit pokey but then when they see photos of what I used to be like they're like bloody hell it's not even the same person but it just goes to show your perception still really important to myself and to other people on how somebody accepts you in the kind of social arena of life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm glad I've got that recording, McKay, because it's really almost poetic what you said there, because it's so true and it's wrong on so many levels. Uh-huh. But this podcast is about, you know, being transparent and honest and talking about these topics that are important. And like you said, it's people's perception you used the word important and you're right I, I think it's it important in a sense that it's still very much there but important in terms of how that gives value to a person or judges their worthiness absolutely not 
but because it is still prominent because it is still part of a conversation or part of people's thoughts it's very difficult and like you said that you could be judged in three completely different ways by three different people all of whom know absolutely nothing about you what you go through what you've been through how strong you are how much you smash the gym but just make judgments or make assessments and I mean it's not to say that everyone does this and I think that it's important people like yourself sharing this message will help to get more awareness to the fact that there is always much more going on than what meets the eye and the fact that you've lost seven stone the fact that you dedicate so much of your time to the gym and I'd love to talk about that a bit more actually yeah it just you know you are somebody who is working on yourself at a level that most of us never will achieve or never even give ourselves a respect to do but yet you still feel like you're on the end of receiving negativity and judgment just because people don't understand it and that's completely unfair obviously i do train a lot but i've got polycystic ovaries i've got endometriosis i've got a bowel condition called diverticulitis i'm lactose intolerant and in the process of being referred for being diagnosed by ADHD, which I'll probably not be diagnosed for another seven years with, but all of that is a lot to deal with. And this is kind of my only control in life because I, mm-hmm. I can control what I put in my mouth and I can control what I do in the gym. Can't always control the repercussions on my body. And having PCOS and endometriosis Yes, it's all to do with the kind of hormones and kind of reproductive system, but there's a lot of symptoms that people just don't talk about, and it's the mental health. It's kind of, I don't know, having paranoia about yourself and you overthink all of the time. Um, It's a nightmare for losing weight, so it's actually a wonder how I've lost so much weight, but going back to being like a size six to eight, I just physically couldn't do that. My body no. will not allow me to get to that stage. And again, other people do not understand that. Even some of the people at the gym, I'm not saying anything against them, but I don't think they realise that how hard I work in my life and restricted myself. But the extremes that they go to because they've already got this body that they now just want to be a toned or bodybuilding or whatever. I, I just don't even think I could go to the extreme of that. And I respect them for doing it because it's damn hard work. But I consume my life already with all this training and I love it. It gives us such a buzz. I feel great, even on the days when I can't be bothered. It's so courageous, honestly, just to put yourself in that area of vulnerability. And again, everything you've said, today so far and we haven't really even got into certain areas of what I wanted to talk about but I just I can't stop you talking because of the fact that what you're saying makes so much sense and you know this podcast is generally about listening to people's success story you know we go through the paces of it but there's so much more to your journey that I think people need to listen to and hear because you know having things like PCOS losing weight with PCOS and then everything that comes with having that and the condition and how it affects other areas of your life it's very, very difficult. And yet here's you signing up to the Great North Run, pushing boundaries, pushing yourself and trying to turn down all that noise of people who don't accept you or potentially judge you. And you mentioned before as well that, you know, people who want to do bodybuilding and can get to a certain body type and look a certain way. So many things have to fall in line for that to even be possible. And so it's not achievable. And this is what I was saying before about Instagram and you know the noise of being told how to look a certain way there's only a very select few who can actually really achieve that 
And yeah. first of all, if I'm honest, like age is a huge contributing factor. And if you're not going to do it in your twenties, after like 30, after 35, it just becomes almost impossible to do that. Yeah. And I, I found that as well, trying to gain muscle as someone who's nearly 40. Like I, I've seen when I started the gym nearly two years ago, the change in some of the kids that I see in the gym between when I saw them in there, you know, coming in like skinny little rakes. Yeah. And now they're absolutely hench. But I love seeing that because it keeps them out of trouble. It gives them like a focus and God, like one thing, like advice for the old me from when I was younger is literally not necessarily eat less because I didn't really eat loads, but move more. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, I just wish I'd just, I don't know, just found something that I really love to do that made us feel so good when I was in my late teens, early 20s, because just there wasn't really anything that I wanted to be part of kind of thing. And as much as I, I feel welcome at the gym, I'm, I'm a very individual person. I'm social, but very individual at the same time. And it, it can be a solo sport. Mm-hmm. You can run with people, but I like to run on my own. There's only certain people I can actually run with. But finding something when I was younger, I just wish I'd wish I'd been able to do that because doing what I've done now in the last nine years, I've actually saved me life. And that's quite emotional for me to say it because without realising it, I was killing myself. And I would hope to God to think that somebody listening or watching this right now is is looking at me and thinking that's me what can I do what can I do don't panic because it's still time to change your life and save your life but even just tweaking something as little as drinking more water and getting your steps in like it seems boring and it seems mundane but your body needs water to function like your 90 odd percent water and if if you're not replacing that water in your body, then you, your organs are going to fail. Do you know what I mean? It sounds drastic, but it's true because that's oh, what your body functions on. And this is something basics done well and, and something uh-huh. that, you know, hydration, rest, nutrition, movement. These are key and even at the most basic level, but just even being aware of that. Yeah. And like you said, Michaela, what you've been through the last nine years, you've literally saved your life by paying attention to these things and it's a journey that you are on and succeeding at and winning every single day but it's still a battle I can see that I can hear it I can feel it yeah every single day like I just have turmoil every day thinking oh can I be bothered to go to the gym I'm gonna go I'm not gonna go it's procrastination it's a symptom and it's a side effect of a lot of things that I'm dealing with Mm -hmm. but then I get there and I do it and I feel better and then I'm like oh well it's done for the day and just carry on with the rest of my day and not think about it. But I just, I just hope like, like I think people just want to do too many things at once. And if, if they change okay. one thing or two things in their life, not even cutting down on their food, do you know what I mean? Not going crazy and joining a gym, just do them two things, water and steps. And then those together will help you sleep better, which then makes your body repair mm-hmm. and you sleep and you look better, you're healthy, skin's healthy. Obviously, I'm expert on that because of the beauty side of it. And to me, that's almost like bringing the two together. And quite a lot of my clients, obviously, they ask me for advice and things. 
and they've seen us kind of change in the last 10 years of business. Like, it's lovely to think that nobody can remember what I used to look like because I was just made of them, which is lovely. But then they look back and I think, God, like, you've changed so much and you've helped me. And, like, I mean, my nurse at the doctor's, she's one of my clients as well. And obviously, because I've got PCOS and endometriosis and technically still am obese, asking for weight loss advice at the doctor and she's like I can't give you any more advice because you're doing everything you can you give me advice so I try and I try and help as many people as I can because I know how I've felt in it and I know how good somebody else would feel just by them tiny little tweaks in their life and it it is really boring and I can't even give an excuse or like put a lovely shiny halo around it because it's really boring but it's it's so good for you. Yeah. And I just hope that other people who are listening to this and I mean, meeting box is always open. If somebody wants to ask us any questions about anything, I'm always free to kind of help somebody because that helps me because I don't always feel good about myself. I don't always have that confidence. So helping somebody else achieve something that's hard, but so simple to change mm-hmm. is like one of my little ticky life goals that I like to help people in show a little way because I used to find it so confused and looking for things to try and help myself that I think why don't you try this and why don't you try that it's lovely when other people see it but when you've got so many other things going on you think no no that's not going to happen my body just won't do that so finding my way through my life and then I've, I've got little hints and tips I can pass on to people to kind of make their their journey a little bit easier on them so they don't have wow. to be as hard on themselves it's great. I, honestly, I think you've got more than just a few hints and tips to help people, Michaela. Honestly, I, I'm sat here blown away. To be completely, completely honest with you, this doesn't happen very often. And I'm realising very quickly that doing it on, on video as a video podcast, which I'm very new to as well, is even more difficult because sometimes I hear people's journeys, I hear people's stories and when we're doing an interview and I don't mind admitting it, like sometimes it can be emotional, sometimes it can be difficult to listen to, sometimes you feel bad for the person to for the suffering they've had and I'm very very much aware that I'm doing this now with a camera on but it's very hard not to get emotional listening to where you talk about this because not even from a, a point of pity or feeling sorry for you don't don't misunderstand why no, it's no. emotional but it's from a, a space of you understand what you've been through and you are working so hard to change it and you have changed it and you will continue fighting to keep changing it but it, I, I just can't get past this overwhelming thought of how other people from the outside who who don't understand and really it's not for them to understand because it's none of their business. It's none of their, you know, it's not none of their concern, but it still impacts your life because of that existing in that, that way. And yet here you are wanting to help as many people as you can and share what you've been through to to give that knowledge and to share that with people. And I just think it's amazing. I think you are a very courageous, brave woman and, I've absolutely loved listening to this and really I, I I don't know how to encourage you to maybe share this in a in a broader platform because I think people need to listen to you more and hear about it and I think that you'd really really help even more people. I mean like I'd absolutely love to it's a time factor sometimes I am extremely busy especially with work but well especially having your God, own business like, I imagine yes I know like I haven't even touched on half of the stuff that I've gone through in my life I mean it's coming up to two years ago that I was like in a very, very dark place. Like, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have been here 
maybe it's two years ago, like sitting here right now, because I was on my way to doing something that I really shouldn't have wanted to do. But it's really hard because I know I'm not in that mind frame anymore, but like I know so many people are so lost. Of course. And it's, I just, that's one of the reasons why I want to help people because I know how it feels mm-hmm. to feel so alone and so loved at the same time. It's really strange. But if you've got something in your head telling you awful things all of the time, you can't help but listen. And it's the same with social media. And I mean, a lot of the time I had to kind of unfollow accounts that weren't healthy for us. And I mean, one little tip I will say is I literally have to watch 10 dog videos every morning to make me day brighter. And I love dogs. Like, it's the, the me thing in life. Like, oh, I love that. 10 funny dog videos and I'm absolutely champing for the rest of the day. But unfollowing uncomfortable and things, not necessarily that people realise they're doing wrong or can be damaging to somebody, pulling yourself away from that's probably the best advice for social media and outlets, following things that inspire you, whether it's dog videos or if it's like hair tutorials or mm-hmm. just anything that interests you to kind of not focus on the weight kind of side of it or even changing your body. Yes, it's it's good to have hints and tips and follow people who inspire you, but I think having other outlets for social media is really important to not... Sure just follow those things. I mean, watching TikTok, I mean, in lockdown, obviously, my business had to be closed down. This is another reason why it was so extreme. I lost my whole identity because I couldn't work. I worked in the COVID vaccine host, but I also did a lot of TikTok videos and I've got quite a good sense of humour. So cheering people up made me feel better because I couldn't physically make them look or feel better mm-hmm. in my job. So I had to find another outlet to do that. But I've just got like... I just love helping people and I love being with people and I like encouraging somebody to fulfill who they really are because I've got so much more to show or to give people. I just don't have the time. There's not enough hours in the day. Of course. Mentally, sometimes I'm so exhausted. I can't even do it. And you have to focus on yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a limit and there's a moment, you know, there's a line that you go from, doing things for other people to make yourself feel good to then doing things for other people at a loss to yourself and doing yourself an injustice and not taking care of yourself or taking on too much emotionally of other people. So I completely understand that you've shared so much great advice, but also very important points that I'm sure people are listening to. And if nothing else can relate to and feel like they're not alone in this, which I think is so important. So thank you. Really. It's a bit, been a bit of a different episode to normal today, if I'm honest with you, but I absolutely... I had a feeling it, it wouldn't be yeah. a normal kind of episode. I'm not a normal person. But that's amazing. In any way, shape or form. And, and never change for anyone else, Michaela, really, because, you know, you are your own person. And I just feel like you, you've got something special there to give. And you probably already do touch the lives of many, many people. And the fact that you, you focus your whole career on making other people feel good. Okay. It, it just, that says a lot about you. So... Thank you so much for being today's weight loss warrior. 
it's been a pleasure talking to you and I'd love to stay in touch. And, you know, if there's anything I can do, if you do want to get your voice out there, if you want to use this platform to speak to more people, I'd be more than happy to, because I think it's so important what you've said today. I mean, I'd love to come back on if people want to hear more about other things and that's absolutely fine with me. I'll do another one. I am sure. And that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to do a follow up episode with you. So in the meantime, if people want to come and find you on social media, where can they find you on Instagram? What's your account? Um, I mean, you can just search Michaela Berry, Michaela underscore Berry underscore M-U-E. Perfect. And it's not all like glitter and rainbows on Instagram. There's some harsh bits. There's some funny bits, embarrassing bits, like but there's all life. sorts. But I mean, Instagram is pretty raw and real. So you'll get mm. a bit of everything on there, like definitely. And I honestly think that's much more help to people who are following it and maybe going through similar struggles. And because, you know, you've covered and touched on so many things, you know, medical conditions, mental health conditions, going to the gym, how you've changed your diet. You've, you've touched on so much. So I think that anybody who's listening today will definitely have taken something from our conversation. So thank you, Michaela, for joining me and no, we'll speak again very soon. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.